You know, they say if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. If you can't say something nice, so I won't say nothing at all. <laughs> I ain't nothing nice. You hear me? I say, whoa, welcome to the Best Friend Weekend Podcast. It's your man, Aldo Nice. And I'm actually one deep right now. Um, I mean, you heard the, the intro music. It's not the the regular same old. It's just um, just me running it for a little bit. Um, a little nice 30 minutes. What, what should I call this? Uh, a little nice talk. Uh, nothing nice to say. I, I did the nothing nice to say thing. I mean, that's a its own brand. So let's just say some nice talk. I'm actually uh, in Virginia right now, um, right outside of Richmond, um, doing a training. I do this every now and again. I get in and around the country, the state, if you will, move around and teach people to do some things. So um, that's kind of part of my general job description. Sometimes it's what I do on my spare time to make an extra buck chase the bag. You know, you know how that goes. So I'm out here. In this hotel room. And I mean, I don't know the city. So I'm kind of just chilling. Just going to sit in the room and wait to go back and get it in tomorrow. But, you know, me and Raj were talking about the fact that we really didn't have specific content last week when we did the podcast. Now, a lot of people still came on and laughed at the jokes and was like, y'all was talk crazy talking about the grass and just the things we decided to run it about. And obviously, we missed CAP, a.k.a. Los one time. So... Uh, can't wait to have him back on this week's iteration. I already got a lot of content lined up um, for what we're going to be dropping this weekend. So have no fear. We will be back at it um, like like we never left in a couple of days. But never hurts to drop a little midweek pod. I mean, you know, I listen to podcasts. I'm, I make podcasts because I listen to podcasts. It's kind of like the old adage that you can't write a book if you don't read books. I've always said I wanted to write a book, but I don't read books, so I got to start on that. I got to start getting to reading books more often so I can write a book or at least a little pamphlet, a little brochure, if you will, because writing a whole book seems to be um, a little bit maybe a little bit of a difficult undertaking. But be that as it may, um, I make podcasts because I listen to podcasts. And my thing is, I'm a podcast listener, usually on my way to work. Um, on my way home in our car rides to and from cities. Um, I'm not big on listening to podcasts at work. Everybody kind of got their own thing. Some people sit at the desk and they just need to tune people out. And the more and more I, I think about, you know, just kind of the work situation that everybody goes through, I understand that, you know, sometimes you do want to sit at you. I, I've had jobs in the past where I've sat at my desk, put on my headphones and just don't talk to me. No day I do it. Just don't never talk to me. Like, we don't have anything to talk about unless you need to ask me to do something. Other than that, we don't need a small talk. I mean, if you're in that situation, we do it for y'all. If you're a person who's a commute listener like myself, I do it for you as well. So, um, you know, when I have some stuff on my mind, I figure, hey, I got a platform. Let's let's talk about it. And I'm not going to not going to hold you up. Once this thing hits like about the 30 minute mark, I'm cutting it off. At around 30. I'm not going to talk long because I got some things to do for work. 
and I want to get to sleep at a reasonable hour this evening. But I mean, I just kind of had some podcast topics that I wanted to talk about. I'm going to touch on them right now, give you things to listen to. I'll probably get a little feedback from the community this week, and then uh, we might integrate some of that information into what we do for this weekend's podcast. I already started on the podcast cover, so I already, I'm already kind of intrigued with the whole <laughs> concept of what y'all calling it, Hot Girl Summer. I, like we got, we got the jokes coming um, this weekend, so fear not, we will be um, in route really quickly. But so the thing I really wanted to run it about was I get back in the room. And it's kind of like my routine. We, um, Raj and I talked last week about how it's tough to trust and or just more specifically to take somebody seriously, a man who's of our same demographic, um, close to our same age, same complexion. If you don't rock with sports, that was the, that was the talk we had last week. And it's real. Like, I feel like sports is kind of a thing that besides humor. Humor is the number one characteristic that me and all of my friends have in common. Like, we're all funny. If you sit around us, you're going to laugh. Or even if you don't laugh, we're going to make each other laugh the whole time because, I mean, I feel like that's the point of it. And if you ain't laughing with your friends, then you don't have a good group of friends. So you got to work on that. Y'all got to get funnier as a unit. But so outside of laughter, the second most important thing is always sports. We talk sports. We talk sports all the time. And this is what it came to my mind. When I leave work and it's time to hit the elliptical, I do the elliptical thing in the garage at the house. And when I'm out on location, as I am right now, I'm making a, uh, a point to, after I leave my trains, get back to the room. And before I do anything else, get in my workout gear, get on the elliptical for 50, do that and whatever. So as I'm going there, it's usually all around the same time. It's usually after work. So, um, I'm turning on ESPN because it's easy to cast it from my phone and I'm just watching what's happening in sports that week. Um, and one of my go-tos is Highly Questionable. You've heard us talk about it on the podcast before. Highly Questionable is one of our favorite shows uh, starring Dan Lebertard and his, his dad, Pops. I mean, and whomever else he has as a co-host that week. It's funny. It's always kind of to the point and pointed and funny and everything like that. But also, if I happen to be at the crib late, and it's like 9 a.m. Central Time. Then um, the Dan Lepitar show is going to come on with Stu Gatz. And uh, I listen to that every morning. It's it's like my favorite ESPN show at this point. And it got me to thinking because um, Dan Lepitar made some comments last week in regards to some stuff that's happening in this country. And in, like while I was watching Highly Questionable this afternoon, I started thinking, Dan Lebatar is probably not too long for the world no more or not too long for the ESPN world. I think they're going to get that boy up out of there real soon. And it's unfortunate because, I mean, he just chose to to speak out on some truth, his truth and a lot of people's truth. And, um, you know, people always like on some stick to sports stuff. So they don't want to necessarily hear him talk about it. So I want to talk a little bit about that and just kind of what he was talking about, not necessarily the whole sports angle, just kind of how is wow where we are as a country and as a people right now. It kind of just dawned on me how like where we are in 2019, which is which is just in a crazy place. And what made me think about it even more was 
Um, one of the only people in ESPN that I've ever personally met, somebody who's on the air and whatnot, um, back in the gap, I was, me and the homie Chris Fox was, we used to make our rounds at, um, I don't even remember what it's called, Roxy, Roxbury, Roxbury in New Orleans. It was a, it was a gentleman's establishment. And you, I don't know if you know how it works, but when you're a 19, 20, 21 year old man, you go to the strip club. That's what we do. Like, we used to do that all the time. I spent money I didn't have. And a lot of time we wasn't even spending money. We was just kicking back, knowing the strippers, having a good time, talking, whatever. And one day I was in there and I met um, Michael Smith. So Michael Smith, you know, always been one of my favorite ESPN personalities because of, you know, his even killedness. And because I know he's a guy who's close to my same age from the same state. So I can kind of relate to some of um, what he's talking about. You know, he's part of our demographic. And the thought I had was, damn, where the hell is Michael Smith? Like, if you're an ESPN watcher, you might, that's that's going to resonate with you. If you're not, I'll make it make sense. Michael Smith was Jamel Hill's co-host on Sports Center. I think they called it The Six. And it was The Six O'Clock Sports Center that would come on every day. And they they did that for about maybe, I would say, eight months to a year until Jamel Hill called Donald Trump a racist on air. And then it kind of all went to shit really quick. Um, it became a thing where they ended up kicking Jamel off um, the air and having her going to like just kind of writing with the undefeated. And the collateral damage of that was that Michael Smith is no longer no longer a big deal on ESPN. Like he suffered for the 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 words of his co-host because they were so tight and they came across like as a unit as kind of a thing, which is unfortunate for him, but it's even more unfortunate for just kind of the place we are in 2019 that if you speak out on something that's so very obvious that you get ostracized, you get blackballed, you get kicked out, all the rest of that, it happens. And it happens far too um, far too often. So let me circle back. And this is what I'll do. I'll play the clip from Dan Levitard. And I'll let you guys hear what he said, because a lot of people might not be up on that if you're not in the sports circle. But it's not really a sports talk. It's just in response to what Trump been on, like running these streets, telling people to send send these women back. The women I'm talking about are obviously the squad. And um, I'll let you guys hear that. And then, you know. We'll just go from there. <laughs> so uh, what happened last night, uh, this this felt uh, un-American, what happened last night, okay? Uh, basically, a chant, send her back, is not, you know, it's not the America that that my parents came to get for us, for exiles, for brown people. Like, there's a racial division in this country that's being instigated uh, by the president. And we here at ESPN haven't had the stomach for that fight because Jamel did some things on Twitter and you saw what happened after that. And then here, all of a sudden, nobody talks politics on anything unless we can use one of these sports figures as a meat shield in the most cowardly possible way to discuss these subjects. But what happened last night at this rally is deeply offensive, um, done by the president of our country. And this tweet from Nick Wright, if you're listening to people chant, send her back about a Somali refugee who serves in Congress. Uh, Nick Wright writes, I don't talk politics on here, but this isn't political. This is obvious. This is abhorrent, obviously racist, 
dangerous rhetoric and not calling it out makes you complicit. The send her back chant and the go back to where you came from are so antithetical to what we should be. It is so right what he is saying there. It is so wrong what the president of our country is doing, trying to go down, getting reelected by dividing the masses at a time when the old white man, the old rich white man feels oppressed, being attacked by minorities. Black people, brown people, women. That's who we're going after now. Black people, brown people, women. And that's the, like, let's do it as the platform. That's what you're seeing. And the only way we can discuss it around here, because this isn't about politics, it's about race. What you're seeing happening around here is about race. And it's been turned into politics. And we only talk about it around here when Steve Kerr Popovich says something. We don't talk about what is happening unless there's some sort of weak cowardly sports angle that we can run it through when sports has always been a place where this stuff changes where stuff wait man muhammad ali was fighting for this stuff in the 60s the bill russell and jim brown are really old kareem abdul jabbar is old these people who were fighting uh, the most powerful among us in sports who are fighting in the real in the civil rights era for things atrocities happening to black people that we're still paying for now in a country where this is our greatest sin what has happened to minorities in this country? They're old and dying. Jim Brown walks with a cane, man. He walks with a cane. He's going to go to the grave without having seen change. He's going to go to the grave with Colin Kaepernick still out of the league, black, literally blackballed, because we're taking this stuff and making it about the flag when it's not about the flag. It's about race, it's like burning a cross and saying it's about God. This isn't about the flag. It's, are you, this is deeply offensive. To me, as somebody whose parents made all the sacrifices to get to this country, send her back. How are you any more American than her? You're more privileged. You're whiter. You're richer. But people don't know whether your money's real or not. You've had every privilege afforded to you by America. Every privilege. And now what you do with that power is you go after brown people and black people and minorities. And around here, we won't talk about it. We won't talk about it unless... Russell Wilson is saying something about it on his Instagram page. Then we have the power to run with it. Weak-ass shield. It is antithetical to what we should be. And if you're not calling it abhorrent, obviously racist, dangerous rhetoric. So the ending part that got cut off there was um, he ended with you're complicit. If you, if you don't say anything about that and you're just kind of riding along, with whatever Donald Trump is is talking about and letting him say whatever, then you're complicit if you don't say anything about it. And I think that that's the bigger point that I want to touch on, like the idea that you could be complicit with someone who's clearly got um, ulterior motives when he's out here making these kind of statements. I honestly could say that for a long time, I've been one of those people who sat back and said, Donald Trump's not racist in my eyes. I know. I know how that sounds. But I'm, I'm dead ass. I feel like he's a liar. And I feel like he'll say anything that can potentially keep him in a position of power. So if he thinks that saying wild stuff about uh, people of different ethnic groups is going to get him elected or it's going to get more people to chant and get behind him, then he's going to say it. I don't think he, he really believes a lot of the stuff that he says. So that's why it's kind of tough from like a sociology perspective to kind of really look at Donald Trump and how he how he attacks the world and say that he's a racist. But I think that he's 
100% okay playing the racist role like he's on some TV show if it's going to keep him like at the top of at the tip of everybody's tongue and at the top position in the free world. So one of the homies that's we talk about on the podcast a bit, he's made some uh, made his appearance on here before. Um, my boy Moose Daniels, he said something interesting about Dan Lebatar's monologue this week. He just kind of talked about how he's here for it. And he made a post on social media. And, you know, I clicked on it and I, th- I took the bait and I was just kind of seeing what other people said. And one comment um, stuck out for me. A guy named CJ Delise, and I'll spell it D-E-L-I-S-E. I mean, you know, you say things on social media, you might as well get aired out. He said, I seen an earlier post when you said the media has not changed. This is an example of how left wing the media has become. Why is it all right for left wing comments on ESPN? But Kurt Schilling got fired for political views. I'm not saying I support or against either man's view. But if we are ever going to have equality in this country, then everyone should have the same rights in the workplace. That is not how it works at ESPN. Left-wing comments are allowed over and over. I think ESPN should stick to sports. The host should apply at CNN if they want to talk politics. I don't tune in to sports shows to hear politics. I tune in to sports shows to get away from it. I think it's a hell of a luxury to be able to just say, hey, I'm just tuning out politics or put it a different way. I'm just tuning out the shit that's happening in the real world. And I just want to stick to sports because whatever I could do that. We not all we don't all have the same the same ability to not recognize what's going on in the world and just kind of tune it out in that way. But more specifically, let's just talk about what he said. Kurt Schilling, if you guys don't know, he used to pitch for the Red Sox and maybe the Phillies. Won a World Series with a bloody sock. He did some stuff. He was a um, a hero to Bostonians. And then when he was finished, he got on sports radio and was making a lot of politically charged right-wing comments. And they got his ass up out the paint. It happens. Did y'all not hear the whole first part of this podcast? When I said ESPN got Jamel Hill out the paint for doing the exact same thing. So when they come back with this whole notion that ESPN's left wing, like CNN's left wing, and anybody who's not saying the stuff that's on Fox News is left wing and they have this radical opinion. And it's really just kind of showing where you are with your political views. The dude really just said, I'm not saying I support or I'm against either man's views. If you took the time to write that response to that post, you are definitely against the views of Dan Lebaton. Off top. You are. I mean... And he, he went on and he was defending himself and he, he this kind of bullshit of allowing one group to have a voice and muting the other group is what creates assholes. And he had all kind of little things where he was um, like really trying to defend this point. And he was Kurt Schilling, Kurt Schilling, Kurt Schilling. And that's that's all they could throw back at you. This is the point that I don't get. Right. We're in a country where the president got up there. And I mean, I, this is how it all started, if you guys don't even know. So maybe I'm putting a cart before the horse. A couple of weeks ago, Donald Trump said, so interesting to see progressive, in quotes, Democratic Congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world. If they even have a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime infested places from which they came? 
then come back and show us how it is done. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi will be very happy to quickly work out your tra- your free travel arrangements. The dude is talking about women that are United States citizens who are congresswomen who have been voted in to do exactly to run to run our government. That's why we vote people in to run a government. And he's telling them that go back to your country and then you can maybe who are you to tell us how our government is to be run. Three of the people that he was referencing were actually born in the United States. And I don't want to break this down to 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 make anybody feel like dumb like you don't know. But I know some of my listeners, some of the homies, are like they don't they just kind of tune out to political conversations in that way. But I just kind of want to let like show shed a little light on this. The people he's talking about, um Rashida um Talib of Michigan, Ayanna Pressey of um Massachusetts and Senator Omar from, not Senator, well, Congresswoman Omar from Minnesota and AOC. So those are the three people you're talking about. He never even says AOC by name. And I think that that's funny. That's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And I think it's funny because, well, her specifically, and this is just an aside, that the people who rock with her really, really, really rock with her. I mean, like I said, I don't necessarily just watch CNN all day, every day. I watch enough to know what's going on. CNN's going to be on pretty much three or four nights a week. Just, you know, I watch 30 minutes of it just to kind of catch the vibe of what's happening in the world. But um, I got homies, like my homie Ed from um, from Fresno, Cali, one of the homies I work with, um, Raj. These are Hispanic dudes, and Hispanic dudes really, really get behind AOC because she talked that shit, and she be backing up. And my homeboy, Duff, one time for the homie Duff. He, he, they always behind, well, he have Puerto Rican, so that makes sense. I guess that's, that's proving my case a little bit. Like, they really behind AOC because, I mean, she really, like, says what needs to be said. And the fact that Trump can just sit up there and act like it's all good to, to come at people like that is just ridiculous. And what kind of fanned the flames a little bit more, what, what Dan Lebatar was talking about, is that he had a rally, which he always has, these clan rallies that he throws, and they're all screaming, Send her, send her back, send her back. Um, and so he went out and tr- tweeted right afterwards because that's what he do. The squad is which the women call themselves or what we're calling them now. The squad is a very racist group of troublemakers who are young, inexperienced and not very smart. They are pulling the once great Democratic Party far left and were against humanitarian aid at the border and are now against ICE and Homeland Security. So bad for our country. I'm kind of like sick of this dude. Like, and I know this is the biggest, like, duh, overstatement, understatement of the world, but I'm kind of like sick of, I'm sick of dude. I'm sick of Trump. Like, you should be sick of Trump too. Like, I know we got a whole nother year and some change before we could actually try to implement some change and goddamn vote. And I've been one of those people like, damn, if the Democratic Party don't put up a strong candidate, People just going to vote for Trump again. But nah, I mean, nah, man. We got to get Trump up out the paint, man. Look, 62,984,828 people voted for Donald Trump to be president. 62 million people. That's approximately 3 million people less than who voted for Hillary Clinton. Let's not start an electoral college, but it's stupid. It's stupid. If we got a class election in school, 
and we like we trying to find out who the senior class president is or who the class president is and then we all vote and they like well this class worth more than y'all class and i don't care if it was 500 votes to 300 the person with 300 votes wins that would be ridiculous and that's pretty much on par with how this happens but that's neither here nor there what's what i'm thinking is that damn near 63 million people in this country thought it was a good idea to vote for donald trump and a large percentage of them still with that shit this is what I want you to think about. And this is kind of, I guess, the point I was in a roundabout way getting at. I went to, I was at a training recently, another one. I was talking to some people and I was running my mouth. And a, a lady came up who I've um, worked with in the past or just kind of seen talking and had a, a cordial talking relationship when I see her in public. And I was following her on social media just because, you know, that's what you do. They're like, hey, follow me on social media. And so I followed them, followed her back. Like, okay, let me see what you're talking about. So she was talking of this and that. And then one day I just peeped game. Like, all of her comments was big Trump shit and like, and just Trump support and stuff. And I had to, I had to get up, I had to get off my page. And I mentioned that in my class the other day, how like she, she does good work, but I can't really support or talk to or, or just be friends with people who, with that bullshit. I think I'm not the only one in this social media age who started with a Facebook account when I was in college and thought it was cool and fun. And then it became what it is now where Zuckerberg knows everything about everybody with, you know, whatever. But it got to a point probably about five. No, it was probably it was probably closer to eight years ago, around the time when Obama was getting into office and getting this swing when we realized we started seeing damn you really don't like obama for no reason other than the fact that he black like a lot of people just didn't rock with obama because he was black and i'm not the only one who got on his social media and deleted those people from your page you are not the only one who's done a social media purge periodically when you got these people off your page so i guess at a point it divided the country even more to where I'm like, I don't even hear what they're talking about because they're talking that nonsense. Now, I like pretty much my social media feed is like free of Trump. I'm not nobody's like pro Trump. Nobody's like, oh yeah, that Trump stuff was good, except for people who comment on people I know's post. It's not people that's commenting on mine. It's just not gonna happen. Like I don't, I don't know you people. But this is the killing part. I say that, but I do know those people. And you know those people. And you see those people every day. Unless you're working for yourself, at home, in a bubble, you work with somebody who rock with Trump. Period. You might not think it. You might not think about it all the time. You're not sitting there at the job like, Oh, Billy's cool, but um, Billy rock with Trump. You like, oh, Billy's cool. Billy just don't really engage in the political conversations. You know why Billy don't engage in the social media conversations or in the political conversations? Yeah, because Billy votes for Trump. And not only that, he votes for Trump and he's ashamed to talk about it. What it is, is it's the word that Dan Levitar was using. It's complicit. You're sitting there and you're like, okay. The president said this, and I still rock with him because 
of whatever reasons. Now, they make these reasons in their head. And I mean, I guess I guess there's a, a point to be made that um, I even saw a girl that I went to college with having this big diatribe about how abortion is not good whenever and she's never going to vote for a candidate who supports abortion. You are free to have your own opinion on big issues like abortion. You are. And it's fine for you to vote with your conscience on certain things. But the idea that uh, you we would still allow a racist person, clearly racist or racist agenda person, to be in the office and you just like, it's okay because, well, he's trying to stop abortion. It's craziness. Find another candidate who is sane. Like, you remember how much we thought George Bush don't like black people? George Bush doesn't care about black people. Please call. You know, Kanye West said it. George Bush loved him some black people in comparison to how Trump out here rolling. Period. And we sitting over here acting like you couldn't have voted for Jeb Bush or Marco Rubio or somebody else who would have been sane and not outright racist. Maybe some people will say it's good to have outright racism instead of just um, closeted racism in the, in the highest office in the country. But it's just ridiculous because his policies are showing it as well. But, you know, once again, push Trump to the side. What the point I really want you to realize is you working with racist people every day. Or maybe not racist people, but people who are complicit with racism. People who it's okay to perpetuate white privilege. It's okay to be like, you know what? They could all go home. Send that woman back. Send Senator, I mean, um, Congresswoman Omar back to Somalia, to her war-torn country that she came from um, as a refugee when she was young, right? Send her back there because that's what we, that's because she don't agree with Trump. She's basically saying, make America great again in her own words. And I mean, all of the squad are saying that. They're saying, make America great again, what it used to be when Obama was in office. And he's like, that's un-American. When his whole platform was make America great again. But guess what? You work with people who think the same way. Some people who listen to this podcast might feel that way. I don't think so, though. I, I would I would be... I think that we they, they probably got ran off at some point. Or maybe they'll tell us, stick to jokes. And maybe they only listen to the episodes when we're talking to them, when we're having jokes, which is pretty much every episode. Just keep it on it. But... Like I said, think about it. I don't want to put too much on your head. I don't want this to be like one of those moments when uh, when you watch stuff like Rosewood and, and whatnot or when they see us and then you had to go back to work after watching Malcolm X and you got to look at people like, damn, I don't I don't really want to be around y'all today because. Um, it's it's a it's a condition of black America and I, I'll pull back the, the, the veil a little bit. Sometimes. Things happen where something like that, we'll watch a movie like when they see us or we'll see a, a scenario happen where something blatantly racist is happening. Like we watch um, Alton Sterling get murdered on them streets in Baton Rouge or or Walter Scott get shot while he's running away. And secretly, we don't want to go to work because we don't want to like look at white people. And I don't want to feel that way. I mean, nobody wants to feel that way. Nobody wants to feel that people that they are associating with, acquaintances with, work with on a daily basis, are complicit to this person in the White House who's with that nonsense. 
And I'm not even going to stop at white people. I mean, if like I'm at the point right now, black, white or other. If you support Donald Trump. Like you with that bullshit. Like you really, really complicit in the problem and you need to like re. You need to reassess what you're thinking about in kind of like your worldview. Find another candidate. You can be pro-abortion. I mean, you could be anti-abortion. You could be pro-guns. You could be all of these things, Christianity, whatever the Republican Party runs on, even though their president has had like 10, 10 wives and everything else and be cheating and wilding and fucking porn stars and doing whatever. Like, you can be that and vote for somebody who is not Donald Trump, right? And for those of y'all who like closeted, making America great again, I mean, and you know, white folks that aren't with that, I'm sure you hear your fair share of things that we'll never hear because you're behind the veil as well that we'll never get behind. There's conversations that take place that we'll never hear about because, you know, we're not in that circle. Telling people like, relax, find something better to do and find something new to be on because Donald Trump is making the whole party and a, and a whole race of people look bad right now by trying to talk down on every race that's not a man or a white man specifically or a white person in general. Like, it's just, it's something that was on my mind heavy. And I think the part that was on my mind heavier than anything is that it sucks that when these type of things come out, I got to kind of look around, look to the left, look to the right and be like, you smiling and, and we cool and we doing X, Y, Z. But do you look at me as like one of the good ones? Or one of the one of the he's not so bad. He's a black guy, but he's not so bad type thing. Is that what's going on? Because secretly when you leave from talking to me and, and he 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 and with me that you going back and turning on Fox News. And I can't even blame y'all. Because you know what? The other day when this was all happening, I turned the channel to Fox News and they didn't even they weren't even talking about Trump fussing with these people. They was just having this whole nother narrative about some whole other stuff. They might not even know Trump said none of that. Because the way the media is, it don't even necessarily, the, if you're kind of in your bubble, that you'll never hear anything that's that's that real. You're just going to hear what they want you to hear. But like I said, I said I wasn't going to talk too, too much. I didn't hit my, like right at around the 30 minute mark. So I'm going to get up out of here. I just want to give y'all something in the midweek to listen to, think about, uh, maybe shoot us some questions. And we'll revisit some of these concepts on the podcast this week. I mean, we really got other funny stuff to talk about. So we're going to be back in our funny bag, but I mean, it was just, like I said, I'm bored. You know what I'm saying? I had a few and I wanted to talk. Can you blame me? I got a, you know, I got a platform. Y'all gave me a platform. Y'all don't want to be listening. Otherwise I wouldn't be in here running my mouth about nothing, man. Look, um, so I'm just going to stop. All right. I'm going to stop because I'm done for the day. Now cue up that music for nothing. No, okay. No. <laughs> i see y'all later this week, man. You know, they say if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Nothing nice, nice to say, but I'll go nice. I ain't got nothing, no, no, no. nothing. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing nice to say. I ain't got nothing nice to say at all. So I won't say nothing at all. <laughs> I ain't nothing nice. You hear me? <laughs>